Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Kerry. I'm Dave Cohen. And we are in very much the bosom of Broadcasting House, new Broadcasting House. Mm. It's all very shiny and exciting. And we are here because we are visiting the BBC Writers' Room, Mm. which is of great interest to our listeners. And we have um, a panel of three people. I'm calling you a panel. Sorry about that. (laughs) Is three a panel? Three is a panel. It's a collective noun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. In fact, it looks like we're being interviewed. You're going to ask us what, where we see ourselves in five years' time. It's like the voice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 It's like the voice. Yeah. Only we can see you. Yeah. See, at the BBC, you don't get interviewed, you get boarded. Yes. Right. Okay. okay, well, right. Waterboarded. Uh, I hope That's not. what it sounds like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, why don't we introduce our, our yes. guest? That voice you just heard was Simon Nelson. Hello. Who BBC is sort of. Room. I was going to say sort of in charge of the writer's room. You are actually in charge of the writer's room. No, I'm not completely in charge of the writer's room. I'm in charge of bits of it. Okay. (laughs) But I am, for the purposes of this, I I look after Comedy Room. um, And I do that with my assistant producer, Amanda. Hello. And that is Amanda. Amanda Farley. Amanda Farley, the assistant producer. And we also have an actual writer in the room with us. Athena Kablenyu. Uh, could blend you, but Did that was, I pronounce that it was, wrong? That was close enough. Close enough. Could blend okay. you. People All who right. know me will know that sounds like me, and it is me, guys. Okay. okay. You were uh, invited last year from uh, into the comedy room, the hallowed portals of the comedy room, and now you're, you you are Felix Dexter Bursary writer in residence. Is that correct? Or kind, I'm treating it like that. So I'm coming yeah. in every day with my laptop and I'm, I'm typing right. away. So I okay. guess I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah. In okay. residence, so they haven't found the sleeping bag yet. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I've got a little booth. Okay, um, oh, great. so okay. I've got a booth that I occupy. Yeah, um, and that's where I live now. Right. Okay, okay, that's great. So let's go back to the comedy room. Yeah. So let's talk about. Uh, so we last spoke to you just before the last comedy room window. No, it was two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about what you what you learned from all those scripts um, <laughs> yes. in a yeah. moment. But first, let's talk, um, Athena, about your experience of you were long-listed, short-listed, selected, and then yeah. you sort of turned up to these uh, comedy room sessions. Yes. Uh, how did that... What, what did you expect and how did that meet your expectations? Um, what did I expect? So I didn't expect to get anywhere, as most people don't, but I've now learned probably the less confident you are, you are about your work, probably the better that it is. Right. Like, you don't want to be too confident, right? Especially if you're not working in the industry. Like, if right. we were great, we'd have stuff commissioned, wouldn't we? So... Was that... Am I triggered? Because all I'm saying is I've kind of thought I'm on a learning curve here. Right. So yeah. if I send this in and it gets through, that's a real surprise for me. Yeah. Um, and then it's a case of I'm better than I think I am. Oh, but I still have... A bit of a way to go. But what you said was exactly right. You send it in, you go, you get get past a ten page read, then you get past I think I think it's another read, Mm. and then you get an interview, and then you get um about six to seven months of kind of workshopping and mentoring and learning and insight. Um, and it's wonderful, actually. I'm not just saying that because Simon and Amanda are like... Sitting, yeah, <laughs> sitting really close to me. It's the greatest experience of my life, guys. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, really, it's really great. I think for me personally, I come from a stand-up world, which is not the same as scripted comedy. And in stand-up, you, you, know, you spend your whole time being yourself. So there are certain things that you never think about. You don't think about character. You don't think about jeopardy. You don't think about plot. 
you don't think about relevancy because yeah. if you make people laugh you've done your job yeah. whereas you can write the most incredible sitcom script but if it's about something no one cares about or if it's another Downton Abbey we'll be able to make that anymore right? or just a list, so, of, jo- or just a list of jokes yeah right or just a list of jokes doesn't work so you, mm. I learned how to I learned how to not just be funny but how to be compelling Right. Um, and I'm, when I say compelling, I mean compelling to like producers or commissioners who yeah. might want to make your work. Yeah. And that's very much part of the process. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because certainly over the last um, 15 to 20 years, there's been many more stand-ups who've gone into writing. And, and that that's uh, what tends to happen is you, you get a lot of shows that are based totally around the, the stand-ups act um, with very few exceptions you know, people like sort of Lee Mack I guess and mm. I suppose Miranda was uh, did a bit of stand-up yeah. as well well she she, was, she did she did uh, yeah. a half, at least half a dozen Edinburgh one-woman shows right or there were one or yeah. two woman shows yeah but, but generally you the, the sort of pathway has been stand-up writer performer gets in but I, I suppose that's not what you had in the writers room you you, you with, we do a, com- a little bit of a combination. The vast majority of people that come into a comedy room have come in through their script. Yeah. Um, uh, and that comes through the big window that we shall talk about in a minute. Um, when we get several thousand scripts and we and we work our way it's through. A it's, yeah. a <laughs> it's a big window. It's a big window. It's a big window. It's a big French window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, by doors. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At least we, they, they go all the way back. We should yeah. point out that it's opening very soon, isn't it? Is it is opening soon. We'll get on to dates in a moment. We will. Uh, we will. But every, every year we, we always have a little look at Edinburgh and at the vaults. Mm. Um, and just see if there there is somebody who's a writer performer, and what Amanda and I try and tease out of them as we you know, introduce ourselves in the water is: Do we think they they have the capability to mm. expand out into telling broader stories above and beyond? Yeah, you know the story of my teenage yeah. years or whatever that yeah. stand up thing happens to be. So so we we are interested in in writer performers as well, but generally the majority of people who come into comedy room. Yeah come in on their script. Yeah. Is it fair to say there maybe are two types of comedy performer um, in, and sort of stand-up one-person show type person? There's the one who is the the writer who hasn't found anyone else to perform their work or wants to get noticed. And that would be, long a long time ago, Ben Elton said he just did stand-up because he wanted his writing to get noticed. And then there's the other one who is the performer, actor in brackets, attention seeker. Um, sorry, you can tell. That's I'm accurate. Like, That's can, very accurate. Yeah, okay. Oh, thank you, Athena. Thank you. I, I, I knew you were sound from the start. Um, who who are sort of looking for material to do, and in absence of any other material, they're they're, they're just sort of um, making it up as they go along. And sometimes they discover that they are actually a writer, and sometimes they discover that they are. You know, Peter Sellers, one of the greatest performers of, of human history didn't barely wrote a word you know yeah. Elvis Presley didn't write a single song you know so um you know I'm not disparaging entirely the uh, performing profession <laughs> I think it's partly been um we're sort of going to drift into sociology for a moment I think I think it's partly driven by welcome to the sociology podcast <laughs> <laughs> That's right, a spin-off Finally. I love it yeah I think it's partly driven by um the, the way that um the the entertainment industry the theatrical industry has has shifted that in the old days you would maybe come out of drama school, you would go into regional rep for a year, yeah. you would learn your craft. None of that exists now. And yeah. so people, you know, cut their teeth and, and have those early successes, hopefully, on the fringe. Mm. And the fringe 
you know, you don't have casts of thousands yeah. in a small space above a pub. You have one or two yeah. people yeah. in a cast, yeah. and and it, and and it very often is people self-starting and and making their own material. Yeah. Um, and I think that's quite good because otherwise. It like performing such a waiting game you're waiting for someone to give you a script you're waiting for the chance to perform and like yeah. when you can create your own material you can be active which I think is yeah really I think that's absolutely right and um and you do get some people who yeah I mean of course the occasion you, you I, I watch something and I think this is this is really badly written in fact it's not really written and this is about you trying to give yourself a sort of show reel show reel yeah um but actually more often than not, you're seeing something where someone is a good performer and they have created good material as mm, well. Yeah. Um, which, you know, makes the less talented amongst us feel deeply inadequate. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there, you know, yeah. there is a lot of talent around and, um, and you know, one of the pleasures mm. of the job is being able to go and, go and see that. Yeah. There's a lot of fashions around at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm seeing a lot of things at the moment that feel a little bit like Fleabag. Right. Um, it's quite a lot of that at the moment. Uh, I think that's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is also some very very interesting original stuff coming yeah. through, and um, and it's and you know I think it's 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 good to see that you mm. know to people giving it a go. Yeah, yeah. Athena, um, do you think you would would have fitted into one of those two categories, or you hadn't even got that far thinking about I, it? I was going to say I don't think it's as binary as that. I think what you do is you start off with the urge to be a kind of creative, whether it's a right performer, and you follow your nose. So whatever works for you, you go. And I, I would say. Although some may disagree, I probably am a writer and a performer. I think my stand-up is adequate. I think my writing is adequate. Um, you know, but what I would say, I is can't that think of you as a performer if you if you are unable to say anything higher than adequate <laughs> about your performance. I think I'm, I'm a great performer. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say is that what's probably happening now in terms of more performers turning to writing is that there's not a lot of money in stand up, as, mm. as in if you're a live stand up and you're not particularly famous. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to make to make a good living. But secondly, there's um, an issue with gatekeepers. Hmm. in terms of where we can be cast or used in, in the scripted comedy world. So it's literally the case of if, if I want to do this, I'm going to have to write the parts myself. Yeah. And we have the ability to do that now because of the, the democratisation of, of media and technology. We can film our own stuff. We can write our own our own stuff. So more, I think less and less we're going to see this idea of just a writer. I, yeah. uh, I think more and more people are just going to get up and just be self-starters and have yeah. a bit of initiative and do, do both. Dave's going to mention his his term, which he I think you're slightly ashamed well, no, of. No, no, I wasn't going to mention the, being, the a, being is, a writerpreneur. Writerpreneur. Um, writer-preneur. I mentioned it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I cringed just saying it. But what what I think what what's interesting is I, I think we saw quite, we two years ago when we spoke to you. I mean, we we were still despairing <clears throat> at the lack of new shows that were coming out mm. on TV. And um, I think, you know, over the last sort of three or four years, there's almost been a, 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 a kind of a bit of a, not a reaction to that, but there has been more, there, there seems to be certainly the BBC in the last year or so, more shows have come out, more sitcoms have come out, more writers have actually got jobs. I mean, a lot of the sitcoms that have come out, there's all sorts and things. I mean, I haven't seen loads of them. There was a sitcom about zombies on a canal or something. I haven't <laughs> seen that. Uh, there's other ones. And yeah. there are there are more uh, actual writers. I've start, started to see that in the last sort of couple of years. Or so. Is that something that that 
you've you've had a sort of input in in some kind of way do you think to an extent um I mean, I hope we. I hope we have um, the results of any of my work. Probably won't come to fruition until I retire. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Simon. <laughs> no, you, you, you'll, you'll be you'll be, you'll be there for us. Um, but I think I think I think there is to sort of take it away from what we do. I think sort of generally across the industry, there has been a concerted effort to find um, voices that maybe they haven't heard before or haven't yeah. looked for before or haven't yeah. thought they wanted before and and I think that's good yeah you know I think that's helpful as well because it means that you don't have to think what what does the BBC want what does channel 4 want it's like you are enough yeah and like yeah. you look at something like the um, not the Inbetweeners, the young offenders yeah or yeah. dairy girls or, yeah. or like this ghosts, country or, yeah this country's gray um, this way up game face there's been like it was weird for as part of one of the exercises with Felix Dexter was like you've got to talk about something that's been made in the UK in the past twelve months and critique it. And I couldn't think of anything <laughs> that I would critique, so I was like, oh, I kind of didn't like uh, in, in the long run on Sky One, which was like okay, hmm. you know. So it's, it's been so good that you know something that would normally be brilliant is now okay. Hmm. So um, uh, I think it is a good time to write because I don't think people are as strict about what a sitcom is in terms of theme. Yeah. Voice. Yeah. I think the voice thing is is important, and when we were so we've just run, recently run our own uh, competition with BCG Pro, mm. and somebody, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, sort of said, "How come this one got through and not that one?" And he was it wasn't a um, that neither of them were his, but he was sort of curious because on um, on the Patreon system, uh, if you're a a, a governor a Patreon subscriber, then we would read your script and do a little mini podcast about it and so there there was one that felt like it was of a piece um and there was another one which had lots of jokes in it but was was actually quite hard to read because there was just too much going on and the question was well, why did you put that one through or why did you put the one that felt of a piece through and yeah. the one that had actually lots of jokes in it and uh, there was an element of like mm, I don't know. You know, yeah. after ten pa- after ten pages, I wanted to read more of one, and I I I felt like I needed to lie down after reading the other one, and and, um, and in the end, they'd probably with work would both come up the same. But I guess one of the things that you are looking for when you're reading scripts is you are looking for for voices, and they don't have to be. And so some people might be just thinking, you know, oh, you need voices to tick boxes or whatever. But actually, you just want an angle. Yeah. I want an angle. I, I want. I want to read something. Well, first of all, I want to read something that makes me laugh. That would be good. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good start. Yeah. I was going to say, if you can write jokes, like if you can write sitcoms with jokes in them, that is not something to be sniffed at. And like that is a great skill. And like if it is a case where it's just not quite hitting the narrative right, yeah. like, you should be really proud of yourself as a writer yeah. and like you can work on the narrative yeah. and it will be you know like you have to yeah yeah, yeah. but it's I not love jokes <laughs> it isn't just a, you're right james it's not it's not a box taking exercise it's i want to be surprised and you know when we when we have our big window um and we get our three thousand plus scripts one of the great things about i mean it sounds like a big number it is a big number one of the great things about looking at three thousand of scripts is that and they are, they are odd. Some of them The good ones really, really, really stand out. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're, if you're going through script after script after script after script, mm. some of which are completely competent, you know, I mean, and, and I'm, I mean that in a good way. I mean, yeah. I, I don't mean that as yeah. in, in an insulting way. Competent, well-made, perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Just not 
yeah very interesting or very exciting or mm. you know a bit ho hum yeah and then you hit something that just makes the hairs in the back of your head. Yeah. Next stand up, yeah. and you think, oh yeah, this is there's something in here, and it's 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 this thing that we yeah. call voice that yeah, yeah. unhelpfully we I can't think, find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say the best way to think about voice for me was to think about my favourite shows, and then all of a sudden you think, oh my god, Tina Fey's got a voice. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what is it? I can't tell you what it is, yeah. but I can tell you that's her. That's her. Yeah. You know, yeah. Graham Linehan yeah, has a voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's slightly... Yeah, like at the moment. Yeah. 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 But you look yeah. at his shows yeah. and it's like, oh, there's a voice there. So it's like an entity that you can't describe, but you can see when people have it. And yeah. it's about, okay, who are you? How does someone pick up a script and say, oh, this is X's work or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's really hard. I have a massive advantage having trundled around the circuit, working on my voice. You know, what I talk about in my comedy is very similar to what I care about as a, as a person. So it was not easy, but it was a little simpler for me to sit down and think, well, I'm going to write about X, Y and Z because I'd been doing yeah. that. And if you haven't been doing that, then there's a, you, it's almost like you have to do some kind of like self-therapy. Like think about what's you? What do you want to say? Yeah. Why do you want to say it? Why are you the best person to say it? You know, why are yeah. you? Why can't someone else say it? Well, that's um, exactly. I mean, one of the, the, the we have the sort of two big sort of take out takeaways from reading our scripts was the f- the first one was that the person the idea was just hadn't been absolutely thoroughly tested yeah. enough mm. you know and it was just it's all very well saying you know oh yeah i like i love uh, tina fey so I'm, i you know i want to do a tina fey type yeah. thing yeah and then okay yeah but why why you why are you the person to be doing that yeah and um, it, otherwise that's just fan fiction isn't it yeah but i think so, as well like it's yeah. kind of a, like writing's a craft and it's unusual for someone to write the best piece of work that they're ever going to do the first time around and sometimes mm. if you're because i think with the last comedy room we read a lot of like flea bag scripts that mm. maybe didn't quite cut through mm. but I'm interested to see what those writers do next yes. because there's things that you learn from maybe trying to imitate your heroes but it'll be the next thing that you do where you yeah. use those yeah. skills and actually that's when it becomes more your voice coming out Yeah, yes it is I do remember when we spoke two years ago and I, I remember mentioning that the first thing that I ever wrote was a sort of was basically Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy which was but with, with me with a Jewish bloke in it. <laughs> that, was, that was the only different thing about it. But it was basically everything else was sort of sub Douglas yeah. Adams, really. And that was, but, but you know, through writing it, I did, it sort of taught me various things like how not, to, you know, don't rip off other people. Um, for it's instance. quite niche. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah, except, actually. you know, but there is genre and that's is, fine to yeah. write within yeah. a genre. Is, and and the, show yeah. that, the, the show that won our, our competition is quite strongly genre as in it's sort of Red Dwarf slash Cabin Pressure. Um, and it was, um, it was, in one sense, it's not really about anything, but it is sort of like an office yeah. office politics show set in space and it was just it was really well executed and the show that uh, the, the script that came second um had a lovely sort of tone to it and had loads of energy and a, an interesting situation which technically not... fleabaggy yeah well, well sort of <laughs> yeah. but it, um but it was it just felt like it was very infectious and you wanted to read on um and so that you you know you, you have to decide which one wins which doesn't i mean nobody cares who wins our situation and in a way no one cares which is the best script but uh, that you receive it's just you know you've got how many places on on the college in the comedy about, room about 12 yeah give or take yeah. um com- comedy always um slightly variable in numbers because 
a lot of comedy writers write in pairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, much more so than in drama. Yeah. Um, but you talk about less than one percent of the scripts that you get sent. Oh, yeah, make uh, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And coming second isn't a bad thing. Like yeah. I think sometimes it's really easy to be like get caught up in the like, do you win or do you not win? And yeah, actually, yeah. no. Like you're still cutting through. You're sending in. You're hitting a deadline. We work with a writer performer, um, Granny McGuire. And she's always joking about how you need to be kind to yourself as a writer because, like, mm. you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. If you're not, if you haven't got your own back and you're not enjoying the process, you will struggle to make it because, like, rejection's part of it, and you have to kind of just yeah. be willing to kind of keep writing. Yeah, no, it is a boring old cliche, but persistence is just really, really important. Yeah, um, and you know, in general, the script you're writing now is going to be better than the one you did before. Mm. Let's just uh, let's just talk a bit about before we go on to the the next um, window opening. Mm. Athena, let's just go back to you in terms of when you were going through these workshops and as you in the last year or two, what have you been learning? What is it? What if what has surprised you that you that you like doing that you didn't think you'd like, or what is what is what have you found much harder than you thought you would? Um, in terms of what what we did, we you know it's a lot of industry stuff. So like okay, the business side. How do you sell it? How do you get someone to make it? Which is, and then a lot of kind of creative stuff, so craft stuff, okay? mm. character, yeah. archetypes, um, and things, and things like that. I, I think what I hadn't understood was, and I knew this, but I didn't really under, you know, I hadn't really appreciated it. Like the BBC is massive, and no one produces more comedy, right? Mm. But that the scale of, you know, it's it's radio, it's children's, mm. um, it's it's podcasting, um, and so getting a little taster of those opportunities to work not just on your sitcom but how can you get an opportunity to work on other stuff can you script yeah. edit for example can you uh enter these one-off um commissions which are all on the writer's room pages you know so that's what surprised me like it's not just it's not just i'll put all your eggs into this basket that's your sitcom there's a career for you as a writer yeah. outside of your passion project yeah. you know and that's a great thing to, yeah. to know um i would say the thing that surprised me most is children's i watched a lot of children's tv because i've got a little girl um but I hadn't, you know, hadn't occurred to me. People write, people write it, you know. I just thought, oh, they just make it up as they go along, right? It's kids, you know. It's just how you we must do get people coming up to yeah. you at gig saying, "Oh, I saw you two weeks ago. You're doing exactly the same material. <laughs> yeah. I thought you made it all up." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, so it's it, but it's you know you don't. It, there's a lot of stuff that you don't realise that is part of the comedy industry in this country because you don't consume it. Yeah, I don't. Con you know, I um, so opening those. Those those I, those opportunities up to you yeah. in, in the future is great, but yeah, you have a project and it's great, but there's other ways for you to earn a living in, in the writing world. Yeah, and that's great that you're. And again, so it's not about thinking this is my sitcom and the BBC Writers Room is the other people who will make it happen. It's it's really not about that. And in a way, we we try to sort of I always try to say your sitcom script shows what you can do as a writer because statistically they're not going to make your show because statistically. They're not going to make my show either. <laughs> you know, they did make one of my shows for the telly and they made a few for the radio. But my hit rate is, by the industry standard, quite good. But it's still one in 30, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. So you have to think about building a career and a life as a writer. And it is a marathon, isn't it? And not, not a sprint. It is a marathon. And that, you know... Did you did you say writerpreneur that day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but my version of yeah. that, which also makes me cringe slightly, but is is the portfolio career that yeah. that thing of you know you've got to have lots and lots and lots of things. You yeah. can't be that person who has got the script under their arm that they've had under their arm for five years and you've been to yeah. taking it to every shop in town. And you know, 
you've, a you've got to keep writing, which yeah. I know you guys say all the time anyway. Mm. Got to keep writing, keep it fresh, and and have a range of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I know? think writers get a little bit like tunnel vision when they've got a script and it's like the script is the best thing mm. and it isn't it's them it's yeah. your unique point of view and you'll bring that to lots of different things yeah yeah, yeah. I, I now treat my work as back pocket things so I do other stuff for people like oh by the way got this script then so you know you're doing a sketch for them because they've asked you to or you're doing something else but your script's in the back pocket for you to kind of pounce on people with yeah and, and that's a, it's, for me that's a good way to so wonder if it never gets made then it doesn't matter because oh I'm making money doing other things you know mm. um, and you get those those contacts from comedy rooms What's, that's the, probably the best thing just like meeting people who then I mean, and like, this has happened to me with like horrible histories you know like you meet people who then progress on to give you work yeah. if you know if, but, so you have to kind of work those contacts yourself though you, yeah. you know, but that's that's definitely a big big part of the yeah, process yeah yeah all the way, all, yeah. I'm just going to say that, and there's good things like Newsjack, which is yes. currently open and it'll be open again later in the year, but like yeah. submitting to those and getting to know the producers and those producers then move on to other things <coughs> and are looking for content and scripts and, you know, building those relationships is really helpful. Yeah. Mm. I'd, I'd be interested to know what you learned from the last two, three years worth of, you know, 9,000 scripts that you've read or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, in terms of what, what's been coming back from the, the people who are... So you have a team of people who read the first 10 pages. We do, yeah. And again, we just keep emphasising how important those first 10 pages are. Absolutely. Literally just read a script today where the first 10 pages bear almost no relation to the setup of the show. Um, but that's a story for another time. But it is amazingly common. What advice uh, would you give or what, what, what mistakes have you seen people making? So... I be, and I'm almost certainly going to repeat everything that I know you guys say a lot. But it doesn't <laughs> seem to make any difference. Still have to but, keep saying it, though. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Hit the ground running in those first ten pages. Yeah. Um, you don't need preamble. You you know, forget the backstory. Obviously, you need to know the backstory as yeah. the writer. But what that backstory should be informing is really brilliant, strong, robust, bulletproof characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, that when that character walks in in scene one, mm. you don't need to be told their backstory. Yeah. Because it's all there in the character. Yeah, yeah. I think watching current shows Absolutely. really helps with that. Yeah. Like, just watch a show and stop at three minutes and figure out what you know about that character by like three minutes into the script. That's a great idea. Yeah. And it's about pilots. Yeah. yeah. Sitcom pilots yeah. are fantastic yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. But the sheer number of scripts we've read where we must have given this advice maybe three years ago and it's come back to haunt us about a nice cheaty pilot is it's somebody's first day at work. But what it normally feels like now, we often get 10 pages of let me walk you around the office and oh there's there's Sue and there's Jeff and there's Pete and they're all going. And what you need to know about Sue yeah, is and, but, five and, years ago. And, so, yeah. yeah, and it feels also like... And, just before that person walked into that room, everyone was sitting completely still. <laughs> and there was nothing happening in the office. And now something is going to start today. And actually, you were, what is the worst day to start in that office? You know, there's a fire. You know what I mean? Or there's yeah. just, they've lost everything. A massive magnet has wiped their hard drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just, just some way of just kick-starting the story which also says something about the situation and seeing them in yeah. action and seeing them in action so you get you, you you get two people who've seemingly known each other for years and years are having a conversation that 
is the first thing conversation you have when you get to know someone so there, there is that and that that actually coming back to the the the, the second takeaway that we had apart from the ideas mm. was uh and this is something that you know we say it all the time that you know get your story started on page one or page two and it still doesn't happen but i've been thinking about this and actually you know i i find it, it you go it's in everything you know you go how often do you come back from the, the cinema and think oh, i didn't quite yeah you know, that, that i wasn't quite satisfied by how that ended or what was going mm. and I, I think it's see it is the hardest hardest thing isn't it to get a plot that is married people to always the, talk yeah. about if you if you come into the cinema like 10 minutes late you don't yeah. sit there for the whole film going i don't understand what's going on like you pick it up you yeah know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It. yeah yeah you will and you will you should understand it from you know from the from the behavior of the characters yeah um but yeah no hit the ground running those characters have to be absolutely rock solid um i mean a, a very common common thing is I, i'll read a script and it's essentially all preamble yeah and in the last scene you know John rounds the corner and he looks at the ocean-going liner that he will be working on for the rest of the series. And you go, well, that's the start! <laughs> the series is obviously about the guy on the boat. It's not about, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's very, very common. And, and I understand where it comes from. It's that the, the writer is, is feeling that they have to... Exp- they don't want you to miss anything. Mm. Yeah. But if they've written the characters well enough... Yeah. You know exactly where you are from the very, very yeah. start. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned cabin pressure a minute, a minute ago. Well, you know, you're straight in in the opening scene of episode one in the cockpit with, mm. you know, uh, Douglas and Arthur and whatever. Yeah. And, and and you know where you are. But even before the music starts, yeah. you get what this this show is about. And yeah. um, and I think there's a couple of gags in there as well. Yeah, there, there probably will be if John's had anything to do with it. it you know? Absolutely. Um no, it is so. Yeah, those those are perennial things, and yet it is surprising how often people don't. But also, I say that I look at my own script sometimes and just think, "Huh, I haven't had anything happen for the first ten pages." Yeah, um, I thought I was too clever for that. Oh. Yeah, we and did I think, that. I think that's part of it. Though, like sometimes you you write it out, but it's in the editing before you submit. Yeah. It's going back and actually giving yourself those editor eyes and kind of going, "Actually, where." Where does this start? Yeah, self-editing is really hard, isn't it? Yeah, I think one of the things that we uh, talked about, we didn't talk about two years ago, and uh, and, and the, the big thing that uh, maybe helps with this is the the, the the rise of comedy drama inverted commas, mm. which has become you know the sort of mantra now for commissioners are saying, oh, we want comedy drama, uh, and, and and then they for, don't tell you what yeah, it is, yeah. which is which Nobody is fine. You know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is there, there is a contradiction in the you know in drama a character learns and, and in comedy they don't. Mm. And so how and and you know you have to find ways of marrying that, but that's part of what helps you to me, you know have more story, doesn't it? But yeah. Are you getting more? That there seem we seem to be making more sort of strong narrative. Certainly getting, get, making more of that, and it, it's and it, it's it is. I think it's tied back. Not that it's particularly important, but I think it's tied back to where, where the theatre world has gone. That um, that that very sort of focused single single voice telling a telling a, a longer narrative mm. um, and that has come through through into television and um and so we've you know we, we we've had we've had shows which which you know over six or eight episodes have, have told a story and there hasn't really been reset at the end of every episode as you would have in traditional sitcom mm. um but there is still a warmth and a humor and and funny yeah in it 
one of our readers talked about laugh points. So yeah. even where there's not jokes, mm. there's still laughter moments. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing I've found also that happens a lot, and I think again it's informed by the grammar of television and especially drama and especially movies, and I'm sure they get this a lot on a there is a an excellent movie podcast called Script Notes, um, which I, which I sort of listened to about three hundred of them now. I have I've sort of stopped uh, for a bit. I will go back soon. But sometimes people use very tricksy storytelling narrative things where they show you a clip of this and they show you somebody do that and then they show you something else and then something else. And the mistake that they're that they've made is that they're basically writing a murder mystery and not a comedy or even a comedy drama. And they're kind of giving you partial information and they're trying to intrigue you and draw you in. And, and you know, one of the things I say almost every time is confusion is the enemy of comedy. Um, so I think people are trying to pick up skills from different genres and put them into comedy. And normally, I find it fights the comedy. Uh, is that your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think as a... With my script editor hat on, <clears throat> the most annoying question, but the most frequent question I'm asking my writers, is why? Mm. Why have you done this? Why have you made that choice? If it is something like use of odd flashback or a strange mm. shot or something like that, there may be a good answer to that yeah. question. <clears throat> but I need to know that they know why. And if the answer is, well, just because I want to keep hold something back from the audience, that's, for me, that's not a good enough answer. Yeah, um, Because... What that suggests to me is that the characterization and the storytelling isn't robust enough to, yeah. to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to unpick that and go mm. back to those basics of, of where's the strength of the character coming yeah. from. And I think in comedy drama, that character drive, probably in everything, but certain comedy drama, that character drive is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and, and if there is that moment where you've you know, suddenly flip the camera around and taking a drone shot to space or something like that and there isn't a good reason for it well the good reason is usually that there's something wrong in the DNA of the show yeah um, I, I mean I, I agree with James I think I think that that, that that people in comedies can become confused but the confusion of storytelling does not mm. help comedy yeah um, but I think that comes back to what we, we were saying before that thing of you know, it's to do with again hitting the ground running, getting in hard on that story in that very opening page, scene, line. Um, I want my audience, if I want my audience to come with me for the next 27 and a half minutes or whatever it is, you kind of have to grab them, especially if they've never seen this show before. Yeah. Grab them, bring them with you, take, yeah. take them or get them on that train track. Mm. Um, and you know, and make that story compelling. Um, one of the things that we see quite often is not having active protagonists or yes. like active yeah. leads, and you, your your character has to be doing stuff <clears throat> that makes their life yeah. harder. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just a crazy world, and yeah. it, it just it's so hard to kind of keep the story going. Yeah. Yeah. Is the hero of the story you? And have you made you likable <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. not funny? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's a, a common. I got great of advice actually from yourself actually. Oh you dear. Might not remember giving it to me, but it was basically like, you know, give them a, a problem that were like we want to know how this ends. Yeah. You know, like give them a don't just have them do stuff or don't just give them a boring problem like oh god, um, there's no toilet paper. What we're gonna do? Um, it's a real mess. It's like give have a proper problem that will make people want to turn the page. Yeah. You know, and then once you've got that, it's actually. Yeah. Not easy, but it, the the dialogue flows a little better because you've given them 
oh, okay, What's, how's he going to fix this problem? Yeah. yeah. How's, and I, how's he going to deal with this? And one yeah. of the reasons that we do that occasionally is we, we think of a problem that's hard for the character to solve because we can't be bothered to think of how they would solve it yeah. and actually write yourself into a corner um, and then see see where you go. Yeah. Looking, Thinking back, can you remember the script that you submitted that yes. sort of began this thing? Yes. And what going back and thinking what what mistakes were you making and what makes you cringe oh loads um it's just like sort of corny stuff um dull not a lot going on nice people but they're not doing much um what else um uh, not again not not enough jeopardy you know uh, but i would say i the what because i, I th- I think my characters are quite interesting. If you have good characters, yeah. you've got something you can work with. You can say, okay, well, you've got good characters here, so just write a different story. Mm. But if you haven't got good characters, then there's nothing you can, there's sort of no sand in the pit to play with, really, yeah. um, so to speak. So, yeah, generally speaking, the how my script started off was just quite dull, <laughs> not a lot going on. What was the script? What was it's, it about? So I submitted the script. It's called cool Waste Management and right. it's basically um, like one of my favourite ever shows is The Thick of It. So I thought it wouldn't be nice to do like a working class version of it because I spent a long time working mm. in the in local government and I thought what a nice setting for like a, uh, a sitcom because mm. we don't often see council offices, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I also felt when I'm reading it, the version I read felt a bit like um, people like us as well. Yes, which and is another not reference. about one of my yeah. favourite. Yeah, shows. another reference. Shame what happened to him. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. And that, another, another reference for me because that was such a great show. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that, not it, for me one of the first kind of mockumentaries that I got into because it was it's quite yeah. old. old. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think just there wasn't a lot going. wasn't a lot going on. wasn't enough jeopardy. wasn't enough page turning. But nice people, nice setting, a different setting. I don't think anything like that's ever been made. So please don't write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please don't write, write anything better than what I've written about waste management because that would be yeah. that would be uh, yes. very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I thought one of the interesting <laughs> things talking to you recently about that script as well is how the mockumentary style helped you get into that world to begin with. But yes. now you've moved on from that. Yes. And so yeah. that was an interesting journey in the script. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to know what you, th- you guys thought. What, what you, Simon, as well, thought about uh, Athena's first script? Well, can you do it? So you know that this was one of the three and a half thousand scripts, um, and and Athena's been a little modest because you know it did it really stood out. It was there were great characters in there. Um, the mockumentary felt a bit old hat. Mm. Um, and um, and I, you know, I think probably one of the notes we gave you, or James gave you, or somebody gave you, would be, you know, let's move it away from that because yeah. because you don't need it. And again, that comes into what I was saying earlier. I think probably what I said to you was, why is it a mockumentary? Yeah. If there is a reason for that, talk to me about yeah, it. Yeah. Let me understand it. But if there isn't, mm-hmm. if it's just a a good way to do very simple monologues down the barrel of the camera um, to give gags. That's not a good enough reason. Well, actually, I said to you, I got rid of it. It was making me a lazy writer. Because I was like, oh, I've got to get this into it. He turns the camera and he says this. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. once, once I'd gotten rid of that, I just wrote yeah. far more jokes because yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like, oh, yeah. I have to have more interactions now. I have to have more stuff happening. So, that, yeah, that's an interesting. very lazy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing that I, th- I think when, you know, the thing that you're, you're holding on to the hardest and when you let it go, it's the most, almost the most liberating mm. thing do you find that with uh, when she got rid of the mockumentary style yeah and it was hard because you, you either 
I mean, it's obviously not been an option or commission, but I've achieved a lot with this script. You know, I got into the comedy room and did Felix Dexter. So then to say, oh, and I've got to take it apart and start again, you know, but ultimately that's why you go through these processes. It's to get that feedback and also to learn and become better at, and to become a better writer. So if you know that taking it apart and putting it back together again will make it better, you that's an informed decision. I'm not just in my bedroom panicking. Like I've, I've come and I've listened to people and I've watched. One of the first things I did whilst I came here and people might say, oh my God, the license fee is paying for this, but I just watched. I spent a week just watching comedy, stuff that I hadn't had the chance to see, stuff that I maybe wouldn't have seen, um, and it, you watch it with a different eye. Um, and that was definitely, that contributed to me going, I don't think we need another mockumentary. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we need it. Um, and yeah, totally, as you said, Simon, like, why? Why was I doing it? There was no yeah. reason for it. Yeah. We should um, start to wrap things up um, because our time is nearly done. But there are some nuts and bolts. And I'm looking at you, Amanda, because yeah. you're good on nuts and bolts. <laughs> it's only because I've is, got it written out. At the time of recording, it is 2020, uh, just in case uh, you're listening to this in future years when the following dates and th- deadlines will not apply. But um, why don't you just give us a little bit of a timeline about what needs to happen by when and, for goodness sake, do this by then or else this. Sure. Give us some jeopardy, Amanda. All right. (laughs) Well, the window opens on the 23rd of March 2020 and it closes at 5pm on Monday, the 20th of April 2020. Uh, The advice we always give is don't leave it till 4.59 on the 20th of April because it won't get through. There'll be issues with the system and we can't help you. Um, so we'd always say, like, get it in a couple of days before yeah. the deadline. If you have any technical issues, you can contact us then. Yeah. We can chat to you. We can, you know, like, contact us the week before, yeah. you know. Because you also need to create a login for yourself. You do. Which, yeah, which yes. you only do when you're submitting. Yeah. So, uh, so do that when you are trying to delay writing something. So if you're looking for something useful to do... <laughs> procrastination. And, and you want to procrastinate. <laughs> procrastinate by logging in yeah. and yes. creating a login... And then it's there ready for you when you need it. Yep. So you just need to submit one script. It needs to be at least 30 pages in length. Um, All the terms and conditions are on the website. Uh, Only send us a script when you're ready, when it's ready to be seen, because we don't accept resubmissions of scripts. So Mm. if you submit a script this year, we don't accept that same script, Mm. no matter how much you've rewritten it. Um, So only send it when you you think it's the best example of your writing and the yeah. best that you can do. So a, a rehashed version of something they submitted last year? No. <laughs> is, is a no? No, but and you it, can send that be, to someone else. Yeah. And also, like, part of our thing is we're developing writers, so why would we don't need to see the same script again and again. What we want to see is the different ideas that you're coming up with, the yeah. different scripts that you're writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I would say don't don't try and second guess... Don't try and second guess any production company or broadcaster, but don't try and second guess us... Don't write something that is a bit like somebody else mm. or sub somebody else. Write your passion project. Write from your heart. Write the thing that that you care most about. Yeah. And get the story started really fast with great characters and make us laugh. Mm. That's um, all. That's yeah. all. Yeah. That's yeah. Easy, right? <laughs> yeah. But not about waste management. Please. Uh, not a mockumentary. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, don't submit a drama script to the comedy window because the comedy window is open now, and you don't want to wait till like the end of the year to submit your drama script. Um, because some, sometimes that happens it with both happen. genres, and like, if you're submitting a script to the comedy window, you should think it's a comedy script, yeah, like or a comedy yeah. drama. Even yeah. if you've read a crit by a Guardian comedy critic saying, "Oh, it was, uh, it, it didn't have any jokes," but these comedy comedies <clears throat> don't need jokes anymore. 
They do. They do. <laughs> yeah, well, I think yeah. like they need laugh points at least. Yeah. Like it points. should be funny. Yes. Like there should be a reason yeah. why it's a comedy drama and not just a drama. Mm. Like it has to yeah. be yeah. humorous. Have we got time for a very quick mention as well about the uh, studio versus audience sitcom argument? Mm. The the audience sitcom is coming back. Apparently, there are some new ones. Uh, I mean, well, ITV is making a new one, and uh, you still you don't get many audience sitcoms, do you? And they do get made so so actually playing the numbers uh if you ha- i don't know how many do you get roughly hundreds or don't get, dozens no or? we don't we don't get many studio sitcoms um it may be because people just aren't really exposed to them yeah um again i i would say if you have if you have thought comprehensively about your piece of work you will have asked yourself questions like is this studio sitcom or is this what we call single cam, which is essentially yeah. looks like a drama. Um, is this a radio comedy? Mm. Actually, should this, you know... Yeah. So um, you accept radio scripts too? Radio scripts. Radio theatre. Yeah. Yeah. scripts. Yeah. Children's. Yep. Absolutely, Children's. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, and, and that in itself shows that, you know, you, you're starting to understand a little bit of, you know, the business side of show business, that... that who are you writing for? What me- what is the best medium for yeah. this piece of yeah, yeah. piece of comedy? And if you don't listen to radio or podcasts, like you should be listening to the radio and podcasts because yeah. like radio makes more comedy output than, than television or anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like I love studio sitcoms. I love being at studio sitcom recordings, and you can apply and get yeah. tickets. So like, yeah. I recommend every writer does that because there's nothing more magic than like the energy around a live yeah. studio mm. sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying as well if it's your script. Absolutely. Yeah. But also Until that like, first laugh comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Go and see what it's like. Yeah. You might, and you know, that's when you'll you'll understand why when you have an idea that you go, it's a studio sitcom idea. This is what it should be. It needs yes. that energy. It needs that liveness. It needs an audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lots of um, practical advice there. If you go back and to listen to previous episodes, we have episodes called things like first ten pages, which is a bit of a checklist. There are loads of other podcasts we've done which are, before you send it, try the following things. Um, and that will just maybe help get your script one one stage further. But just go, as you say, there, ha- there haven't been that many studio sitcoms, but you guys are more interested in the idea and the voice just and the, the voice. writer and the talent yeah. rather than... So you don't That's want to second guess idea. trends because no, th- yeah, you're not yeah. commissioning comedies. <laughs> you know you're trying to find writers to develop. Yeah, exactly. and also like I think writers should write what they love because yeah. at least then someone loves the script. Yes. Like why write a script yeah. that you think someone else will like but yeah. if you, that you don't like? Yes. Given that failure is certain, fail on your own terms. Yeah. Exactly. I say, do not die in somebody else's war. I've said that before as you well. You have, yes. And fail better, as Samuel Beckett. Fail better. Used to say. <laughs> what a yes. great way to. And then we did. Yeah. And also, if people listen on, um, people join us on Patreon. There's an access. They get access to interviews that we've done. We haven't put out yet. One is with Anil Gupta and Richard Pinto. And the first half an hour of that is a catalogue of failure, yeah. which is really funny. And at the very end, we just say. Um, so you also um, produced The Office, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it's sort of failure is normal, mm. uh, but fail better. Yeah. So hopefully we have created better failures with this podcast. I hope so. Mm. Uh, in some small way. <laughs> but we look forward to starting to read them. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's Excellent. a joy. It's yes. It is a privilege to read them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank um, you. Thanks Amanda, so much. Yeah. Simon, Athena. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you you for listening. And we'll speak to you next time. Cheers, Dave. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.